Hello and welcome back to the Maluli Asset Podcast. This is episode 430. I'm your host, Casey Maluli, back with Brendan, Tom, and Tim. Got the whole crew back together to talk about two competing ideas, two different ideas regarding retirement. We're going to be referencing two separate articles from the White Coat Investor. The blog started out as one doctor, White Coat Doctors wear a white coat, that's where you got the name. But they're heavy in the FIRE movement, the financial independence retire early movement. And the two competing ideas that we're going to talk about are the risks of not retiring early versus the risks of retiring early. And we're going to talk about what the articles refer to as one more year syndrome. OMY. OMY. So that is the, it's, he calls it a syndrome, but it's, it's really people on the cusp of retirement and they're kind of stuck in this mindset of, well, maybe I should do one more year. Maybe I should do five more years and then retire. And it's hard for people to pull that trigger. I guess we should start out by talking about what the risks of retiring early are. Well, I think the most obvious one is you retire early, too early, you don't have sufficient funds, and you either outspend your money or you just outlive your money you didn't plan for however long you're going to be retired for. It, it lasts longer than you were expecting, um, which ultimately is a good thing, I guess, because you're alive, you haven't died yet, but at the same time, outliving your money is, is also not a good thing. I think one of the things that I worry about the most that I re- that I have potential regret for is the idea that I retire and I have to really cut back on my lifestyle. Uh, that that honestly, I think about that every day now at at my age, and so that's a, a real concern. And so uh, I think. For people in my age bracket, early 60s, it's, gosh, I, I don't know if I have enough money. I need to sit down with Brendan and figure this all out. So uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real concern. That's like one consideration, though, because I think it's all about trade-offs. So, like, yes, on one hand, you can be concerned about it not having enough and needing to cut your lifestyle back. But on the other hand... I think you got to consider, you know, maybe not you specifically, but in general, like the the toll of continuing to work if you don't love what you do on a day to day basis. It could be worth, like cutting, like you're almost picking up like the lesser of two evils. There, it's like, would I rather retire and do what I want on a day to day basis and just know that I have to spend a little bit less, uh, or do I continue working and potentially I'm like unhappy doing that? Or, or right. just less happy than I could be if I had all my time. Because so, like for for someone who's not happy in with what they do, cutting back on their lifestyle using air quotes, like their lifestyle might not be a lifestyle that they enjoy living because it includes going to a job that they don't like. So maybe changing their lifestyle isn't necessarily a bad thing in that in that sense. But yeah, for for people who really enjoy what they do, having you're, you're, to, having point, to you're sh- pointing at me. No, I'm, I mean, <laughs> I'm assuming that you yes. enjoy what you do. So, uh, but yeah, for, for people who, who like what they do, uh, you might not necessarily want to cut back on, on your lifestyle too much. But I, yeah. I agree with your point too, Brent. He had a, uh, a pretty funny cartoon 
in that article about you know uh, leaving er leaving your job early where it's two snails talking to each other and he, and one says i love my job and the other one says oh i'm really sorry uh, because there's no way that your job can love you back and talks about unrequited love which is exactly what that is it's, I mean, by it's definition a, it's a good point yeah. yeah you you why do you love something that can't possibly love you back yeah i mean i guess to your point, Brent, it's really about picking what kind of stress you want to have. Do you want to stress about not having enough money or do you want to stress about wasting away some of potentially your, your last healthy years doing something that you might not enjoy? And I think that was one of the, the, the main risk that the article describes is declining health. When we talk about Social Security, our full retirement age for most people out there is 67 years old. And for males, the we're going to use averages here, but the average life expectancy is 76 years old. For women, it's 81 years old. I'm going to make I'm going to make a point on that note that flies in the face of the usual mentality we hear, because usually people will come to us and say for whatever reason that they know what average life expectancy is and that they are an exception to that to the wrong, in the wrong direction, meaning that they assume they will die sooner than that because everyone thinks like... It's the Mickey Mantle syndrome. Like, my dad died at 50, my grandfather died at 50, I'm going to die at 50. Yes, or like, you know, I enjoyed drinking beer and eating food. Like, there's no way I can possibly live long, longer than average. I don't know, those dialysis machines keep people hooked up for a long time. Well, so, right, there's quality of life, but also... I think, I think it's important to consider the sort of people who are around our conference table who, in general, are people who have retirement assets to the extent that they require a financial advisor. So they're generally healthy people. And I think that the averages also change. Like if you have reached the age in your 60s, your odds of making it past the average of all people is longer and it becomes longer every single year that you progress past there. So I just think the socioeconomic background of people that we're seeing here at the office, I would assume the opposite of what most people come to us assuming. And that's, that's again, I think maybe just pushing back on that mentality is, is helpful to juxtapose it, to, to give them another, uh, another thought to latch onto in terms of if they had thought they were not going to live to average, considering the many reasons why they might live beyond that. And, and thinking that through. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point to uh, expand a little bit on. You know, when they talk about the average life expectancy, uh, they're talking about from birth till death. And so there are people who are going to, unfortunately, pass away in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s that help bring the average number down. But as Brendan said, if you've made it to 75 or 76, there's a good chance that you are going to live way past, you're already at the average you're, and you're still kicking. There's a very good chance that you are going to hang in there for longer. I also think, you know, the, the averages and, you know, the odds of living to a certain age are, are one thing. They, he made the point in one of the articles um, that, you know, if you get to that average age or the, the percentage, like you can't be kind of alive. You know what I mean? You're, right. you're, the odds are of living to this age are 45%. But when you get to that age, if you're 88 years old, you're not 45% alive. You're still 100% alive and you still need 
money to live at that point. Going back to the social security decision, you know, some people want to have the mindset of claiming as early as they can to get money sooner to help them fund, you know, the the few years before full retirement age. Uh, but you're locking in a reduced amount for the entirety of your life, whether you live till 65 or 95. So, yeah, you need to weigh the the backside of that decision as well in case you do end up living till into well into your 90s. It's amazing to see when we sit down with folks uh, how a good percentage of them are pretty much pre-wired to the idea that I'm going to uh, wait until 70 to take Social Security or the opposite, I'm going to file and start receiving at 62. And we try and show them the math and try and show them logically what happens. But sometimes, I mean, do you, do you agree that you know, we meet folks who are, they just already made up their minds. So just, just to throw some numbers on that, if you retire at 62, you're getting roughly 70% of your full retirement benefit. And if you retire at 70, which is your maximum benefit, you're getting 124% of your possible benefit. So you're getting more than you should the further you delay. I mean, that's, 50% difference there. It's a huge gap. Just waiting, I mean, eight years is a long time, but I think considering those numbers in the context of how you can make a choice too, in, in the sense that claiming at 62 is one-way door, like you're not going backwards from there, but if you at least try to bridge the gap until later on in your uh, claiming window for Social Security, like you can choose to electively turn your Social... You could say, I'm going to try to wait as long as possible, but then... You know, depending on spending life, the market, if you're halfway through that period and you're maybe at, let's say, 66, you could, you could turn it on then if you need to, but you can't do the reverse of that and you've locked in that lower benefit forever. So I think you just need to consider that. For some people, they, they want to retire, they understand that they're taking a reduced amount and the numbers just flat out don't work without their social security benefit coming in. Deferring on social security is a luxury. But if you have that luxury, I don't think you should just give it up based on thoughts about mortality or wanting the money sooner. I mean, you should you should give consideration to the broader picture and all the options that you have. Yeah, because it's not, you know, you don't, retiring and claiming Social Security don't need to be the same age or the same date. You can retire and subsist off of whatever, if you have pension income or retirement accounts or Lump just sum of money in the cash, yeah, just money in the bank um, to try and bridge that gap, like you're talking about. So, yeah, retiring and, and claiming Social Security don't need to be the same. And these same are the date. these are the scenarios that we walk through with folks when we, you know, when we're putting together a plan. That hey, you do have different levers that you can pull. You do have some options in terms of choices that you can make. If maybe you want to stop working, like Tim said. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to pull this social security lever right away. I think it's important too to consider when we're talking about just like spending strategies in retirement, like the social security benefit and any other annuity income, pension income that's going to be there guaranteed. I think it's helpful to consider that as your income floor and then considering the absolute worst case scenario where like you go really heavy on the distributions because you want to live your life while you still have quality of life in, in your 60s and maybe your early 70s, 
I mean, the absolute worst case is if you spend all of that down, then you're going to be left with whatever your social security and other guaranteed income sources are in the future. If you can envision a world where you subsist on that, um, then yeah, I mean, I think you still want to be cognizant of not taking ridiculous percentages of your portfolio. But you know, if it, if it seems like something that would be reasonable, I think I think it's reasonable to anticipate people do spend less over time. You know, you I, can it, kind of like front load your retirement in that sense, where if you're retiring in your early 60s or late 50s and you want to really enjoy life while you, you know, in air quotes, still can. Yeah. And then with the understanding that as you get older, you'll be spending yeah, less and less if money. If you don't make adjustments, there's a high likelihood that you're going to spend down your assets. And right. You're just going to be left with the income at some point. Most yeah. people don't like that. Right. Just being honest. Like, I think it's a helpful framework to consider where you could end up if you, if you take a spending strategy that doesn't make sense. What most people want is to front load their retirement, do everything they want, and also be guaranteed of not running out of money. And that's dream world. Like, you yeah. just have, you have to pick you can pick one or the other. You cannot have both. Yeah. So you can, you can try as much as you can to live, live your life in front load retirement, do all that stuff. But if you're really like going heavy on the distributions, then you have to understand the position you might be putting yourself in. We don't know where you're going to end up, but yeah, I mean, you, it, it seems logical to think that, you know, you wouldn't, Personally, I don't think I'm going to be spending the same amount of money at 60 as I would if I'm, you know, 92 years old. So I don't, I don't see why that would be an an issue. But I, I understand why everyone, you know, wants to have their cake and eat it too. So yeah, uh, you get to a point where, you know, maybe in your late 80s, you say I can't travel right. like I used to 10 years ago. It's a burden, and so your expenses will naturally. Or should naturally, or could naturally shrink. They could. Until they could. They could also be replaced with other things like your travel. Cost. Yeah, right. Yeah. Your travel costs could be replaced by a yeah right. hospital stay. You have no assets like left, that. and you have an income in the latter years of your retirement. You could very well end up in a Medicaid facility, and that is something that most people are not interested in either. They would prefer right. to have assets to get in-home care, do that on their own terms, rather than relying on a government program, but. I mean, these are all considerations to have. So it's, I mean, I think um, to just assume that 90-year-old you is going to be cool living on 60% of what 65-year-old you wants to spend is kind of rude to the potential future you, although yeah. you may not get there. So that's what makes all this so difficult, is yeah. thinking through those things. One of the other scenarios that we are tasked with helping people uh, think through is people that are still working and wanting to know if if they can retire or if they should work another year or two. So I know we mentioned it in the beginning, but the other article from White Coat Investor is about the one more year syndrome. So just to put some some numbers behind it, he had, you got to think of it, you got to think of two things that are happening when you work another year or two in retirement. Number one, you're earning your same income. Number two, you're not spending down your portfolio. So it's kind of like a, you got to kind of, it almost has like a double impact because you're earning more, hopefully saving more, and you're not spending it down. So the the difference in dollar terms could be, uh, he was using averages for physician salaries, which tend to be higher, um, but, he said, average physicians 
uh, toward in the back half of the career earn in the neighborhood of 140 to $300,000 per year. He says that physicians that he's talked to save anywhere between 50 to $250,000 in the back half of the career. Maybe their mortgage is paid off, their expenses are lower. So they're really plowing money into their investments or their savings accounts. And then when you factor in not taking the portfolio distributions, using a safe 4% withdrawal rate, uh, he says that that could be an extra $5,600 to $12,000 per year to spend in retirement by just, just working one more year. Right. It could make you know, hundred or $200,000 worth of difference, which I think really moves the needle. I think the, the part of that is that, that really appealed to me was not necessarily the extra income that would come in, but another year or two of compounding and not starting to tap into your financial assets. That I really, I really like that idea, and you guys have done a good job showing our clients what would happen if you worked one more year. Um, it really gets people to look at it. I know that people don't want to hear that. Uh, what do you mean one more year? But sometimes it's really worth considering. Especially if they're coming to us and they're not 65 yet. Yeah. Because then they're going to have to bridge healthcare insurance until they are able to qualify for Medicare. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like the biggest impact there, he, he said, you know, physicians typically are, are putting 50 to 250K a year into savings. Working another year or two can really help if that's the case. You know, we've run into people where they're not, but you know, except for putting the, the max into their 401k, they're not really doing much in, in terms of additional savings. So working another year, uh, it doesn't really, you're not really supercharging your savings or, or anything like the, the beginning balance that you're working with, especially if the market doesn't cooperate in that year that, that you work you're not really moving the needle that much in terms of adding extra to your portfolio. You're only taking a year off of not spending it down. Uh, so I think that the benefits there are greatly increased uh, if you're actually putting money away into either retirement accounts or just savings. Um, and, and also, like you, you mentioned, the, the healthcare costs factor in a lot. I feel like that's a, that's a big hurdle for a lot of people that we see come in. It depends on how close they are to 65 and getting onto Medicare. Um, if, if there's, you know, only a few years to go, bridging that gap uh, for an extra year or two with work could potentially move the needle for them. Uh, but if, if they're further away from 65, might not end up making too much of, of a big difference for them. Yeah, I look at, you know, what I pay for medical care and our plan, I think, is a silver plan here at Maluli Asset. So it's Obamacare-like. So if I went into the open marketplace, I know on my age and my wife's age that uh, we would be paying about twenty-five grand a year right now in 2023, just in premiums. You know, last year we had a couple of... Uh, crazy things happen and you know our out of pocket for both of us was maxed out so that was another 15 grand on top of that so 
about 40 grand. We paid 40 grand out of pocket uh, last year just for medical stuff. Um, yeah, this gets really expensive and it can wreck a lot of plans for people who are thinking about bailing out of work before a certain age. $40,000 is 4% of a million. So, you know, just using round average numbers, a million dollar retirement portfolio, 44% withdrawal, we're at 40000 right there. Just, think, just on just, healthcare alone. I think the context is everything because if you're if you're doing the one more year thing and you've run the numbers and they look good, then you yeah. don't need to consider one more year and that's just you latching onto something and you've got to set you know aside time to think through why you are. It's more like an emotional thing, like just letting go and, and yeah, like, like the nerves. The of, finances are settled. So right. That's a that's a you decision to make in terms of whether or not you feel ready to retire. But if the numbers don't look good, then yeah, going through these exercises where you show the value of, hey, what if this was uh, another year into the future, how much better would the numbers look? I think that context is how you can make that choice in, in a responsible way. And if you decide that you look at the numbers and you just can't do another year at work, then perhaps you consider alternative ways to make the numbers better that don't involve doing the thing that you're currently doing that you cannot do for another year. Um, there's there's ways to do that that don't involve magic, like yeah. the portfolio magically being 50% more than it, than it is. And so maybe you consider things like part-time work or maybe you consider taking so, social security, security benefits, benefits sooner. And right, so yeah. you make that choice of, all right, I know that it would be optimal for me to wait until X age in the future, but if I were to take my money now I understand the trade-off I'm making uh, in terms of lifetime income, and they kept me what I want in the present, so I'm willing to make that trade-off. Those those are the decisions you can think through. And then again, one more year can be yeah. reasonable or, or or unreasonable based on based on the context. Yeah, you got to have all the information to make that that choice. Yeah, I feel like that kind of brings it full circle to your point about like lifestyle and and wanting to cut or needing to cut. Uh, your lifestyle, if it's, if it's worth it to you to not have to work that one more year and, you know, reduce your spending a little bit to, to make the numbers better, then that's the trade-off that you're going to make. Yeah. Difficult decisions to work through. And I think uh, the the answer to all of it is it depends and it's personal. I guess yeah. that's, that's why they call it personal finance. And don't take it lightly. You know, it's a yeah. very important huge decision and like brendan said in certain cases you can't go back through the door yeah so um, weigh them out beforehand reminds me of uh what they always say when you're getting a haircut can always go shorter can't go longer <laughs> so i think that's gonna wrap up this week's podcast this was episode 430 thanks as always for tuning in and we'll be back with you next week Tom Maluli is an investment advisor representative with Maluli Asset Management. All opinions expressed by Tom and his podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Maluli Asset Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Clients of Maluli Asset Management may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast.